0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wellness Plus podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Yoga Plus app, where you can find hundreds of yoga videos and series, all for different levels and different goals. So awesome app. Definitely go check it out. Um, Today's episode is also brought to you by the new Serene Team, which is Psyche Truth's new platform that offers... Tons and tons of videos and content all related to relaxation and finding serenity. Um, it's, a, it's an awesome new platform, so definitely go check that out at serene.team. On today's show, we have Anita Lane of Mind Redesigned. She is an advanced certified theta healer and a certified transformational life coach. Anita came in and we talked all about what exactly Theta Healing is and how she has used it to help tons and tons of her clients. So it was a really interesting conversation. Um, She was really passionate about helping people basically get unstuck in their lives and really find what motivates them and kind of just improving their overall life. So it was a really cool conversation and um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Please make sure, if you can, go ahead and leave a review for our podcast, the Wellness Plus podcast. We... We always want to get your feedback, and we'd love to see your reviews, so please go ahead and leave a review on whatever app you're listening to so that we uh, we can make sure we're always improving for you. All right, guys, enjoy the show. so Thank much you. for coming. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Um, I guess like we were kind of talking about before we started, I wanted to start off with maybe a little bit of a background on how you got into this whole life coaching and fatty healing field that you work in now.
1: So I have always been in sales and marketing, uh, but all my life I found that people came to me with their problems. And I thought it was just because I was kind. <laughs> and um, so... More and more, I was bored doing the things that I was doing. I was never satisfied or f- feeling fulfilled for very long in any job. So I was changing jobs about every two years, which now is okay. But mm-hmm. then it wasn't so, you know, it was frowned upon. Like, what's wrong? Why are you always leaving jobs? So um, in 2007, I got 2007, yeah, I got laid off. And um, it was actually a really good thing because I was able to take unemployment and look for a job and uh, go to coaching school and get certified and figure out really what I really wanted to do. And so I knew that from personality tests and I've had my hand analysis done, I knew that I had gifts and my gift markings and my talents and, and personality strengths really led me to counseling or coaching and i didn't really have any desire to go spend a hundred thousand dollars in school debt (laughs) uh school loans to get certified or become a therapist or counselor so i thought i'm going to go get a coaching certification so i did that and uh it was like a year-long program and at the end of that i knew that i wanted to add in some additional um certifications and trainings. My passion has always been helping people get out of suffering or help them get unstuck. And so I've done that in my life with I don't recommend this, husbands (laughs) and um, children and stepchildren and extra children that I took in and friends in high school and college. And so I just had this pattern of having a lot of compassion, which is what I thought. But really, I had a gift of really helping people by seeing the root cause of their suffering. Okay, Mm. And so um, but I didn't know how to help them. Okay. But after getting certified as a coach, I knew coaching is very powerful in helping people move forward. Um, But then I heard about Theta Healing. And Theta Healing is a healing modality that was uh, discovered by a woman, Vianna Stabal, and probably in the 80s, late 80s. And uh, the system the the process anybody can get certified in this you can even read her books and learn the process but it what it does is when i work with someone i'm able to take their mind into a theta brainwave state and the reason that's really profound is because in the first 7 years of our life our brain is predominantly in an alpha and a theta brainwave state so mm-hmm. in utero up to about age 7 okay, okay. and being in an alpha and a theta brainwave state means you don't have a lot of layers of logic and rationale and left brain. It's very creative, very uh, accepting, very um, innocent, okay? Mm-hmm. And so basically a child in the first seven years of their life is coding their computer. They're the coder for their mind, okay? After age seven, we don't go into an alpha or theta brainwave state unless we're sleeping, mm-hmm. okay? So it makes it very easy to program all of this and then very hard to change it, right. okay? Because my child self knew how to program it, but my adult self has no idea how to change it. And what I programmed becomes my reality. It's mm-hmm. the way I see things, the way I think that things really are. Uh, it's the truth, okay? Yeah. It's, and a lot of these things we don't even question, okay? So... um, Anyway, when you get certified in Theta Healing, you're able to work with people, help them go into a Theta Brainwave state. So when I work with people, I'm using my coaching skills. I'm very highly intuitive. Like I said, I have this gift of kind of hearing and seeing the root cause of someone's pain and struggle and being stuck. And then I do muscle testing, which is also called applied kinesiology, Uh, chiropractors and osteopathic doctors do it. It's a way of talking to the body. So we're talking to basically your whole mind, the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious part of the mind to clarify, is this really true that you believe this at that level? Once we get the exact coding or the exact name or the exact belief, then the individual can go, well, I can totally see where that's true. I believe that because my life reflects that. But I don't want to believe that anymore. I'm 20 or I'm 60 or I'm 80 or I'm 15. I don't want to believe that anymore. That That's not working for me. So then it's like, well, what do you want to believe? So I find out what they believe that they don't want to believe anymore that's causing them problems. And I find out what they do want to believe. Then I take their mind into a theta brainwave state, which they don't have to lie down. It's like hypnosis. It's actually deeper than hypnosis, but you never lose consciousness. It's like I walk you through a guided visual, visualization. You close your eyes. And a lot of people feel it. They mm-hmm. can feel it. Um, a deep state of peace and people feel like uh, maybe their heart's kind of opening or they just have a moment of no mind is what I call it it's where you're not you're not thinking okay you're not thinking about the past or the future or I wonder how I look here with my eyes closed or wonder what she's doing is she a quack you're not thinking (laughs) about anything right you're just there um, in a state of suspended kind of bliss for just a moment and in that moment we're able to pull the files out that you've said you don't want and put in the new files that you've said you do want.
0: Oh, wow. So is it at all similar to meditating? Because it sounds similar.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, if you're a really good meditator, you can take your uh, mind into a theta brainwave state. I feel a theta brainwave state when I get acupuncture. Oh, okay. So they put the needles in and then they leave and you're just laying there and you're like, wonder how long it's been? You're thinking, you're thinking all of a sudden, you're not thinking and there is no mind. And um, that's a theta brainwave state. When you wake up in the morning, before you really wake up, that's a theta brainwave state. Before, yeah, before you're really aware and alert, and your mind's you know ramped up and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. That's a theta brainwave state.
0: Wow, that's amazing. It's interesting that you can access it through because I know you're talking about doing the kind of active kinesiology Mm -hmm. and type through the body almost, and use that as a way to access it.
1: Well, I don't really use that to access the theta brainwave state, but I, I, I access – I'm asking your body, right. your mind, the whole of you, what's true here? What is – what's real for you? And so I could muscle test you and you could say – and I could say, um, I believe um, – I believe that I deserve prosperity. Mm-hmm. And you say, yes, I agree. And I muscle test and it's, and it's a Yes. And then I'm like, well, he doesn't have prosperity. So why does he not have prosperity when he believes? So then I could add the word deserving. I know that I deserve prosperity and you could be weak. Mm -hmm. Or I know that it's safe for me to have prosperity. So that's how we're able to take some kind of a bigger question and narrow it down to what exactly about prosperity is a challenge for Mm -hmm. you. You know, because a lot of people want it. Everybody had it that wanted it. Then there would be no issues for prosperity, right? Yeah, happy world. It would be a real happy world Um, in a very prosperous world. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people want it and they think they can have it, but they don't maybe think they deserve it or they don't think they have what it takes to keep it or they don't trust themselves with money. Mm -hmm. So I kind of dig down and go through all of these core things that tend to keep us from having what it is that we say that we want. Deserving, trusting, safe. Those are big words when you're talking about something that you don't have.
0: Right, right. And so do you do you often start with getting them and like practicing going into that theta mindset? Or do you kind of have some meetings with them where you probe around and kind of learn more about them before you go down there.
1: No, I dive in the first session. First, right so away. I have a um, online intake form that I have people fill out. It's three pages. I get a lot of information from mm-hmm. that. I print that off and read it before they even come in. So I'm already kind of reading and, and clear about what they want to work on, but intuitively I start sounds kinda of weird, but I'm clear audience. I start right. hearing some things. I start hearing kind of oh they probably have this or oh check that. You know that right, kind of thing. Right. And then when they come in I do this six-step process every single time I work with someone and it's, you know, coaching and it's intuitive work and it's muscle testing and it's creative visualization and it's theta healing and it's retesting. I go through those six-step steps every single time I'm working with someone mm-hmm. because my passion is getting you unstuck in the first session. Right. And I do. I sometimes have people come in for a single session, which is unusual. Coaching usually isn't like that. Right. Um And I'm not attached. You know, if they got what they need and they go on, that's great. I'm thrilled for that. A lot of times people go, it's a lot better, but I want to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Or when they're done with when they're not stuck anymore they're unstuck and they're experiencing it good they're like i don't ever want to go go into a place where i'm stuck for another 10 years Mm -hmm. or even a year so they might come once every six weeks or eight weeks or once a quarter or once a month or whatever just to stay on top of things so because there's you know it's kind of like you go see the chiropractor if you wait till you're in a lot of pain right that's a different type of chiropractic work or Mm -hmm. you know any kind of doctor you work with it's like if you wait till it's a A raging fire then they got to put the fire out before they can address what caused the fire right right? so sometimes people just want to address putting the fire out and I'm okay with that I'll meet them wherever they are but if they want to go I want to put this fire out I want to find out why I created this fire and I don't want to create fires again in the future and when I do I want to find out immediately
0: yeah yeah. I feel like that's a big issue just across the board especially nowadays it seems like a lot of people don't really like to listen to, or maybe not that they don't like to, but they don't know how to listen to these small issues mm-hmm. that are underlying. And right. then by the time they realize, it's because of a big fire, and that's right. across board, right? It's like right. I went to the doctor, and all of a sudden my blood pressure's, you know, out of control. But right. it was that—that that was an issue that was building for a long all, Yeah, time. for a long, long mm-hmm. time. So a lot of people, mm-hmm. it's kind of there's a, um, I think there's like an analogy where they talk about. If you put a frog in a pot of boiling yeah, water, and you turn it, low, yeah, slowly, and it slowly uh, goes yeah. up. And well, then, we're
1: cooking ourselves <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a yeah. lot with our beliefs. Oh, yeah?
0: definitely, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's I think it's super important to try and stay on top of those things right. and not wait for the next big fire, exactly. like you were saying. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, but the, the thing about it is the way we're wired as humans is that fear and pain are great motivators. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't have motivation. Until they're in pain and suffering. Right, Okay, right. So your level of motivation, motivational pain, could be a lot higher than mine or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you always hear people say, "I it's so painful to see that person really go to that level of suffering, but I've tried to help and they refuse help. They have to hit their bottom. Right. In AA, they talk about hitting bottom. Well, everybody's bottom looks different.
0: Right, yeah. people. Yeah. Some people have, like, deeper bottoms that, right. where they don't quite realize it. Yeah. Yeah. So do a lot of people generally come to you, is it oftentimes almost like a career issue or a self-fulfillment problem, or is there other issues that people are facing outside of that as well?
1: You know, uh, people really come for just about anything, but I would say most people come in because they realize they're in their own way, Mm -hmm. okay, whether it's in their career or with their partner or parenting or whatever area. So... I don't really find that most people come because money pain or physical pain. Now, once they get in and they realize, oh, the same belief system that we just worked on for this is going to help every other area of my life, too, Mm -hmm. and I could work with Anita on this disease that I have. I could work on clearing the beliefs that helped create this illness. I have tons of books that give me the traditional beliefs that are associated to any kind of physical problem yeah. that you could have so you start clearing the the foundation of an illness or a you know some kind of malfunction in your body you might get over that illness or that problem or you could just make it better right it's not I mean you still have the problem but you're not suffering from it
0: right yeah actually I was going to ask if you've ever do you ever work with athletes at all oh yeah Uh, because I would imagine Mm -hmm. because I've always I I, you know I played Mm -hmm. soccer in Mm -hmm. college and after college as well because it's all about this yeah and the mental part is everything right Um, Not only for performing at a high level, because obviously they deal with high levels of Mm -hmm. stress and expectation and all that, but then also especially um, athletes that become injured. Um, I've I've read multiple studies about the importance of actually believing that you can get better Mm because a lot of people are faced with that and this would apply to or everyone. that they'll get hurt again they're right, terrified right, they're so they
1: want to get back in the game but it's like uh, yeah, it's could like that a be wall. the this could that be the break that ends my career could right. that be the break that makes me crippled or yeah. right
0: right yeah so that's i feel like that's super important and yep. you must be able to help so much with mm-hmm. that yeah that's super interesting um, so with once they get into these theta states right cuz you get them right in there mm-hmm. What is it? Do you just still just have a normal conversation with them so that you're starting to probe that brain? Or I, how does no, that work? No,
1: so um, we've already found out all the information that we need From at that, that point. Yeah. Now we're just going to unlock the filing cabinet okay. for the unconscious part of the mind. That's what we're doing with mm-hmm. going into the theta brainwave state. So um, they just close their eyes, and I close my eyes, and I go through this silent meditation that I learned that anybody can learn in this process. And um, I, I add something in. I walk people through a creative visualization. Okay. So I, that's not part of the teaching. That's how I kind of twist things around. Yeah. I take it and make it mine. But I walk them through a creative visualization. So if we've uncovered it's your four-year-old self that determined that um, you're unlovable, mm-hmm. then we're, I'm going to walk you through in your mind back to how you looked at four and your adult self telling your child self that you are lovable and walking you through that kind of process. And so it's a visual – I find that makes it an even deeper instant change Yeah. to walk people through a creative visualization while we're doing the theta clearing. Mm-hmm. But we're talking a minute. Oh, wow. So it's super fast. Yeah. It doesn't take very long at all.
0: Yeah. So then after that, do you guys – Then we retest. Have, uh, you have then a, we retest. You retest the physically, mm-hmm. that, through that physical mm-hmm.
1: test? Yep, because I want them to see – I want to see how far – we got. Mm -hmm. But I want them to also see. And when they see, oh my gosh, I was a no for all of those good beliefs that I want and a yes for all those negative beliefs and now I'm stronger on all of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's a confirmation for them, right? Right. When I work with someone for a long time, sometimes we don't like you know a year two years. Sometimes we don't even do the muscle testing because mm-hmm. it's just really there to help their mind go to in a go to a place of trust. Mm-hmm. If you trust something, if something's confirming itself to you, then your guard is down a little bit, and it's easier to it's easier to create an instant healing. It's easier to have a um, a deep healing.
2: Mm-hmm. Right,
1: but if I'm like like family, yeah, I've tried to work on my family. It's never worked because yeah. they see me as mom, right. or wife, or sister, and they don't see me as my clients see me, right, as an authority on this, right. right. So you know, I think the Bible even said you're never a prophet in your own village, right, right. <laughs> I'm not a prophet <laughs> in my village or in my family. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see
0: that kind of almost being its own little roadblock in itself, right. just because right. it's hard to yeah how it's to make hard. that transition yeah. exactly yeah that makes sense then um so then i know you said a lot of people you only work with well not a lot sometimes you work one session and yeah. it's great mm-hmm. and then so the the ongoing sessions is it every single time that's it's that exact same formula mm-hmm. you always do the theta healing yep. and you go through it mm-hmm. each time mm-hmm. how often can people come in and do this
1: well when, if I, i've worked with people that were extremely depressed mm-hmm. Now, if they're suicidal, I'm asking that they work with a psychiatrist and a therapist, too. But if I'm working with someone that we're talking a raging wildfire Mm -hmm. like that, I would ask them to come in every week till we can get them stabilized. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had a guy that um, was a vet and he was extremely depressed and i was very concerned about him mm-hmm. but he was working with a psychiatrist working with a va had a had a therapist so he's getting all the traditional help and then i'm just trying to help him shorten his suffering with this and mm-hmm. so he can get quicker results and it took 3 sessions to turn that around
0: yeah so I mean, that's fast yeah i would say that still sounds extremely yeah, <laughs> extremely fast Totally. many of those people will deal with that for years
1: their whole rest of their life right.
0: Do you deal with a lot of uh, like PTSD patients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this imagine, is very effective. for Yeah, PTSD. that's what I would think for now, sure. Now
1: I can't make medical claims, of course. Right, but of course. I have experienced, and I think every human being is walking around with PTSD. Yeah, I'm not certified that I have been that I have PTSD, but there are things in my life that you know I'm still haunted by. You know, you have mm-hmm. PS- PTSD when your mind loops right. about something, a fear. Okay, mm-hmm. so public speaking. You know, if you had a bad public speaking experience, you have PTSD from that. Now mm-hmm. you're not gonna necessarily go get medicated and you know, be on disability or anything like that, but we all have varying degrees of PTSD. Right. But if you had PT if you have PTSD from your childhood when you had no power, it's gonna affect everything in your life forever. So it doesn't matter the traumas that you've had since then, you gotta get to that trauma. You gotta get to the the abuse mm-hmm. and the neglect and the shaming and whatever was done to you as a small child to get, you know, and then all the other traumas can often like a domino effect being, be improved.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely, I mean, it's gotta be amazing to work with people and kind of see that progression that they go through. Yeah. Are, are there a lot of people in even just so in Texas that work in Theta healing? Is it very common? There are a lot of Theta healers out yeah, there, there are. And,
1: and it's amazing I haven't met anybody that does the process that I do. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm probably going to start certifying people and training yeah. people in this because it's. I think it's even more powerful than just Theta Healing. Theta Healing is very good for you go in and you say, I have this problem and I don't want this problem anymore. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily... Unless the person's highly intuitive, doesn't necessarily get deeper than what the person's asking for. Right. I address what the person's asking for and the root cause of all of that. Right. I tell people, you know, if you have a garden and you have weeds in your garden, you're not going to take your shears and go clip the weeds off the top of the dirt, right? Mm -hmm. You know that's not getting rid of the weeds. Well, that's typically how we address problems. Yeah. Okay. You know if you have a garden and you really want to only go out there one time and pull that weed, you got to get down and get to the root of the weed. Right. And that's what this process is that I use. But, yeah, Theta Healing by itself is crazy amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's super awesome. What – is there a specific – I know you said you did a certification for it. Is there, like, one
1: – Well, I haven't started yet. You haven't started yet. But I'm going to. Yet. And but I've had a to. lot of people request it. So right. So, yeah. What that's is the a,
0: current certification? Is there a certification you have to get just for a normal Theta Healing? Yeah. Because you said you got that. Yeah. And you said, is that what you said takes yeah, there's about a, a di- year?
1: Uh, no, that's coaching. That's, that's the coaching. I, yeah. Okay. And you don't have to be certified to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And you go for a weekend and get certified. No, oh, okay. I st- tend to choose a process that was almost a year long. Mm-hmm. But I wanted those kind of credentials. I yeah. wanted that kind of um, – I wanted that kind of uh, – process. I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to know that when I was out there working with people, I had some of the best training in the world.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And
1: then I went and I apprenticed with a healer in town and and realized I don't have any gifts of laying on hands or Reiki or anything like that. I don't mm-hmm. see things, but I realized I do hear things and it's called clairaudient. I just thought it was just me thinking, but it's really like me tapped into something even deeper than Oh, what wow. what I can come up with, right? Just like people that see auras and things, right, You know, right. you just different people have different gifts. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so after I did the um, prentice with a healer, then I went and got certified in several levels of the theta healing. But you learn the process in the first level. It's you can look it up theta healing mm-hmm. online. Vianna Stabal she has books out there. I mean, it's really powerful.
0: Oh yeah, how many levels are there? Just tons, like a tons and tons of levels. Yeah. So is it is it almost an active practice where you're kind of always going no. back trying to learn, it, or you you learn no. it and you're good?
1: Yeah. Oh wow. You learn it and you're good.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. See, I feel like maybe it should probably be talked about more because I don't it feel be. like it. Yeah. It's not and very and I wish therapists
1: would get yeah would get, but you know maybe there's you have to be really you know when you're taking insurance and you're right. doing therapy you have to be really careful about. Luckily I'm a coach so I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah, that's good. But um. Seriously, people can walk in with a problem and walk out without the problem, yeah, or they can walk out with it ten percent improved right you if If you went and saw your therapist and every time you worked with them, you were ten percent improved, people would be done with therapy in three months
0: right is there have they done any studies about theta healing? Has there been any studies um, performed?
1: I th- well, I know they've done like where they put the electrodes on, and they right could and they, tell, can they knew see that see the brain. Yeah, going because she was that like, "What's state? going?" Vianna was like, "What's going on here? Mm-hmm. This is like something really big is happening here." Right. She just kept doing it, but then she was like, "What's happening?" And people are asking me, "What's happening?" And what just happened to me? So she did the brain analysis mm-hmm. um, by putting the electrodes on the brain, and they said, "Well, that's." you know based on the brain wave that's a theta brain wave that right. that person is going into and that's not a, that's not a state your mind goes into very easily. Right,
0: right. Yeah. That's why I was curious if they if the like medical society had too done much studies on it beyond that just about mm-hmm. the efficacy because yep. obviously you're saying it works extremely well and tons of people have experienced this yep. you know benefit from it. Yeah. So I feel like someone should start to maybe publish some studies to really right? kind of
1: I mean, and there may be out there. Right, right. I don't know. I know she trains all over the world.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Where's she based out of?
1: I think Idaho.
0: Idaho. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. But,
1: like, I I couldn't even, I couldn't train with her. Like, she's at
3: a level.
0: I'm sure she's tough to. Beyond. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Beyond my level. (laughs) We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash PsycheTruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peeks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash PsycheTruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.
1: But um yeah, there's people that do the certifications. Um I went to San Antonio but there's probably somebody in Austin now yeah. that does it.
0: Yeah. Well that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it'll keep kind of growing. Yeah. Do um so when people come in and I'm sure a lot of people are trying to find I'm sure a lot of people are trying to find a source of fulfillment in their life. Right. What what kind of common roadblocks are there for that? Because I, I it, it seems like a lot of people struggle to figure out what they really want to do with their life. A lot mm-hmm. of people know they don't like their job. Mm-hmm. They don't enjoy what they're doing, but they but they don't maybe they don't know what they do want to do. Like what really right. is my passion in life? right. right. So is that is that often found deeper kind of in that theta state?
1: Yeah, that is um well, not so much necessarily in a theta state, but um, in the coaching right, process, the because coaching we can process. help your your fear mind get out mm-hmm. of the way. And find out more what your, you know, your core self believes yeah. is ideal for you to be and do.
0: Yeah. Do you find that a lot of people are really just stuck by just that pure fear oh, yeah. of maybe failure? Oh, yeah. Fear well, I mean, think about it.
1: Like, um, I had a client, and I um, forgot what industry he's in, but um, we were working on money for him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I muscle tested, and it was four. That he decided he didn't want to have money because he would just lose it. So we had found that out, and then we found out it was his four-year-old self decided that. And as soon as I told him that from muscle testing, he said, Oh, my gosh, I remember my uncle gave me a Seattle Seahawk, some kind of hat or something. Mm -hmm. It meant a lot to him, and he lost it. Oh, wow. And so at that moment, he decided, I can't be trusted with things. I'm not good at keeping things. So if I am given a great opportunity where I make a lot of money, I'm probably going to lose that. Oh, wow. So then why would your adult self want to go make a lot of money just to be humiliated when you lose it?
0: Right. Yeah, so that's all just, again, deep in that subconscious, unconscious mind. Which really, I think they say that. The unconscious and subconscious part of your mind is like 90% of your. It is 90 or to 95%.
1: Right? Five to 10% of your mind is is the conscious part, which mm-hmm. is very adult, very rational, very logical, very left brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My conscious mind is always going to tell me what's good. I can always trust my conscious mind, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't have much power. Right. It's right. like the steering wheel of my race car. Mm-hmm. Every other part of my race car is my unconscious, subconscious part of my mind.
2: Yeah. So
1: if my conscious mind is telling me, Anita, you need to raise your rates, but 90 to 95% of me has said, girl, you're just lucky you're getting what you're getting. You better be happy with what you have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's something we tell our kids a lot. You need to be happy with what you have, right? (laughs) Then I I might raise my rates, but I probably wouldn't succeed at it because the dominant thought that I'm putting out there is I'm not worth that. I don't deserve that. I'm asking for too much. I'm being greedy, whatever. Mm
0: Mm-hmm yeah I feel like uh, kind of along with that fear issue, the self worth and kind of confidence must be totally. huge in people,
1: yeah, yeah if you have a fifteen percent level of self worth and personal value, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to go do a hundred percent
2: right right so
1: if you're an athlete and you're a good athlete, imagine what you could be if you got all parts of your mind agreeing that mm-hmm. you want this and you're good at this, right, and right. you deserve it, and you're it's safe,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's also a big thing with people, kind of like we were saying, that are scared to—I think they, like they're scared about these things, and they don't want to make this transition in their life, and they don't know the direction that they want to go in. And obviously, leaving a, not maybe a more comfortable, I guess, state of life—it's mm-hmm. not even necessarily that comfortable, but it's just what they're used to— in, totally. in this rut that they're in, yeah, and it's very difficult to break out of that cycle, right. When you've been within it for yeah. so long,
1: because it's the devil you know versus the right. devil you right. don't know.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, like we said, I mean, failure is something that will terrify everyone.
1: Absolutely, everybody. Yeah, no matter how powerful or rich or successful you are, mm-hmm. you have a fear mind that's holding you back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you find a lot of people come to you with that pursuit of like of money that they they just want to be financially better off?
1: You know, that's not the number one driver.
0: That's good. Yeah. I feel like that would often be a, a false driver anyways. Right. Yeah. It doesn't very no everyone always says money never leads to true fulfillment anyways.
1: No, I mean you know, you could have Warren Buffett's level of money right. and be miserable. Exactly, Now, yeah. I don't think he is miserable, no. but you could be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's happy with his life. Yep. But there's definitely, you see time and time again, people yeah. that have, you know, immense amounts of money and are financially golden. But they're right. not happy at all. Yeah. You know, because I feel like once you get, especially with people, maybe kids that are born into that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. where their whole life they just kind of have everything they want. Right. It, it must be difficult. Kind of like you were saying, it's when you have pain, it's easy to, that, that motivation is there. But when you kind of lack that issue, yeah. that hardship your whole right. life, it's probably difficult to find direction yeah. because you've never really had to. You never had to. Right. You never had to really push for anything like right. that. So I feel like a lot of people don't, obviously, many people don't get to experience that because not everyone mm-hmm. gets born into that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people, when they don't have that money, they, on the surface level, they feel like if I had more money, I would be happier.
1: Right. You know? And I think they've done studies like how much does somebody need to yeah. really be happy, mm-hmm. and it's a or it's a range. It's lower than we think. I think it's like you know two hundred thousand a year or some somewhere I've in heard, there. I've
0: I've heard some studies that even say I think eighty to ninety thousand a year, and that's kind of when like the correlation between happiness and wealth it right. rises very sharply, and right. then it really starts kind of dropping, dropping off. off mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right in that range. Yeah. Which is yeah so telling because that's. A lot of people. If you told them that much, I mean, it's it's a good yearly salary, no doubt, but it's not like you're not a millionaire no. by any means. No. And so, I think it's important for people to kind of understand mm-hmm. that money is not shouldn't be your driving no. your driving. No. Thing.
1: Usually, it's fulfillment. Yeah. Personal fulfillment and self worth. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything narrows down to that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you have any? Um, have you ever worked with couples or done a mm-hmm. group type yep. therapies?
1: Um, I do some group activities, yeah. yeah. Uh, And I have worked with couples. When I work with a couple, like marriage Mm -hmm. type of coaching, um, I'll do the first session with both individuals just because I want to see who plays what role and Mm -hmm. who's saying what, okay? Mm -hmm. And they trigger each other, so it's really easy. I'm taking lots of good notes. (laughs) Um, And then I don't see them together after that. I'll work with her two or three times, him two or three times. And then um things tend to just get better oh, cuz wow. it's never the relationship that's right. the problem. It's it's n- it's like it's not your career that's the problem. It's the people in the relationship. Right. Right. It's their projections, it's mm-hmm. their unspoken expectations or spoken expectations that are unrealistic or whatever, but it's not the relationship. Yeah. The relationship is the secondary issue. The first issue is the two people and their core belief system. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find that oftentimes a lot of people have issues with communication? Oh, yeah. I would imagine that's yeah. a huge Especially issue. Especially men. Yeah? Yeah, because the particular. women,
1: you know, um, women's brains are wired to be better communicators. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, uh, and it's a joke because um, I once saw this thing on Facebook, and it said if a man were a machine, well, if a woman was a machine, this would be the the female machine. And it's levers and pulleys and gadgets, and it's, like, very complicated, Mm -hmm. right? And if a man was a machine, this would be the man. It was on, off. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, that's really true. And so the female has all these needs Mm -hmm. and expectations. And um, if she's not as conscious as, you know, she probably would like to be, she is assuming that he is the root of her unhappiness Mm -hmm. okay and so and sometimes he could be right but either way um you have to address your root issues before you see a change in your relationship because you're just projecting all this stuff into the relationship that may or may not be really there right like you can't see your your partner as a good partner if you grew up with relationships being abusive or toxic or neglectful or anything like that, that you're going to be projecting that because that's what relationship is. Right, yeah. That's like you what said, you it's comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not what I want, but it's what I know. Yeah. It's what I'm comfortable with. It's what f- is familiar.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you really see that a lot because there's especially – this is just probably because of however my perspective works, but I see a lot of times where you – like friends of mine, oftentimes girls – and they're kind of always in this cycle of like, why, why is she dating that guy that is, mm-hmm. and it's clearly like not a healthy relationship, but right. it's, they seem to always kind of get into relationships with men that don't seem to be very good partners, right? right? right. Uh, whether it's abuse or even just verbal abuse, and right. all these different things, but you can tell it, it happens time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so that must do – you, do you meet with a lot of clients All with that as well? That's a huge thing. Yeah, I would imagine so. And men too. Yeah.
1: I've worked – and not always do I see the both sides of the relationship. Right. A lot of times I'm just working with one side. Mm-hmm. And even if you're the only person that's willing to get, you know, get help or get cha- – you know, change some things, you can possibly turn your relationship around with just you changing mm-hmm. you. Because when – you know, it's like if I'm dancing with you – and I'm doing a two-step, and then I'm like, well, I don't like two-stepping with Ryan anymore. I'm gonna three-step. It's gonna be conflict, right? We're gonna be right. stepping on each other's toes. But over time, if I'm clear, we're gonna be three-stepping, and this is what I think is good for us, then you have to change. So right. the, and the spouses, especially men, they change. They adapt mm-hmm. so easily. It's the female that isn't always as easily adaptable in the relationship.
0: That's interesting. Why do, you, why do you think that is?
1: Because I think the men just want their women to be happy. Yeah. And if she's happy, you know, he's going to adapt to whatever. If she's unhappy, he'll adapt to that.
0: Yeah, that, that definitely that makes That's not sense. always the case. Right, of but course. But a lot of, times, a lot of yeah. times, yeah. I feel like that is a pretty common relationship mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, usually men are really just trying to make their their wife right happy. it's
1: like the man's happy when the woman's happy yeah
0: exactly mm-hmm. yeah happy wife happy house <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> right?
1: and and what's sad is a lot of men get really abused yeah because of that yeah I feel really like
0: abused. That, that is something that might get over overlooked a little bit is more like especially emotionally abused and because I feel Shamed like must, a lot, yeah criticized yeah. yeah I would imagine do you deal with a lot of those kind of patients yeah. as well yeah yeah because that's definitely not something you would hear a ton about you know, yeah, in society right now, uh-uh. at yeah, all. because
1: it probably it's embarrassing for a man. Yeah, to exactly. say, I'm, you know,
0: yeah, and not, not very many men would probably want to publicly, you know, mm-hmm. talk about that because they, like you said, they'd feel embarrassed yeah. and yeah. all that. Yeah,
1: I worked with a man once that was physically abused by his wife.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's totally it can escalate to
1: that. Yeah. Well, people, if someone is unbalanced. They're not going to be, just because they love you, balanced for you. Mm-hmm, right. They're, if they're toxic, unbalanced, you know, whatever, they need psychiatric help, that's going to affect every relationship that they're in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I see, and I think that's also another thing with people that go into relationships with people that maybe they already recognize something isn't, inc- like, they're mm-hmm. not totally working properly or, like, something is off. They need right. some kind of healing or help. Mm-hmm. But maybe they think they're going to be the one to, to help bring them out of that difficult place or help fix whatever the problem is. Right. So I feel like that could also potentially lead to a lot of the kind of mm-hmm. difficult relationship dynamics yep. and things kind of in that regard. Have you um, – so you said you started practicing this around, what, 2008, 2009? No, um, or was it a few years after that?
1: It was a few years after – it was 10, 2010.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, so –
1: I've been doing it nine years.
0: Okay. Wow, that's cool. Have you seen any kind of change with the way, like especially kind of like we were talking uh, before about with social media and stuff kind of really starting to become so prevalent? Have Mm -hmm. you seen a change yet kind of in your patients? Well, I
1: definitely see it with the kids and teenagers. Yeah. Uh, I I work with a lot of little boys and little girls that um, struggle with, um, you know, mean things yeah you know, the mean society that a lot of schools are out there mm-hmm. um I had a, a girl that I worked with for four sessions that it got so bad her parents had to pull her out of school really and the number one uh, gr- I think it I just recently read the highest uh growth area for suicide is like 10 to 12 year old girls yeah. or something like yeah. that I mean yeah. that's crazy yeah I that's a wildfire statistics yeah that's like a hello this is
0: definitely and i totally i mean i can't imagine especially being a girl just because of the way like instagram mm-hmm. and stuff is i cannot imagine having to grow up and constantly be looking at these right insane just create like not even real people that are posting their, their fake lives on instagram and you're right. constantly having to kind of I don't know, somehow see that every day and be like, well, my life's never going to be like that. Right. You know? Well,
1: and, and, I mean, it's really sad, but the sexting, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, the boys are put pressuring the girls, and other boys are probably pressuring the boys, well, if she right. really likes you, she'll send you a nude picture of mm-hmm. herself through a text or whatever. But, I mean, these kids are being sexualized right. at yeah, a like very young age and then bullied— And, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I think it's a serious, almost epidemic type Uh situation because it is, I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. I I think when I was going into, like, I remember the, the first iPhone came out when I was in seventh grade, I think. And so I remember that came out and obviously everyone was like, Oh my god, like mm-hmm. this thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. And but then at that time there was still, you know, internet was barely even working on it. Right. You know, it would take about thirty minutes just to load a web page. Right. You didn't have an infinite number of apps at your disposal. Right. It was just it was a fancy phone and it was cool. Mm-hmm. But now and then now you see now what it's turned into and it's just I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's and the other thing is there's no escaping it right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it used to be you were at school, you might get bullied all day at school, but at least you go home and it's like, okay, I can get away from that for a while and reset and relax and talk mm-hmm. to my friends and my right. parents. But now it's like you go home and it's still, you know, on social media, people bullying, cyberbullying, right. you're right. getting texting, you're and everything. And it's just, yeah. it's a just like overwhelming.
1: I yes, just, you never turn it off.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So is that That's. I mean, it's really cool that you are able to work with children. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of – when do they start being able to come in to see you?
1: I have not worked with under five. Okay. Five is typically a really good age to start. Five is when it's good Mm -hmm. to start, really? And I'm not saying a younger wouldn't work, but it's hard to have them sit still and talk and that kind of thing. Yeah. Usually starting at five, they they know what their mind is telling them, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I love is, is getting them to realize your mind is saying that, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Not everything your mind tells you is true. Mm-hmm. If, if adults, if every adult out there w- walking on the face of the earth knew that everything their mind was telling them was not true, we'd live in a whole different world, Yeah, right? But usually we have such mind identification that there isn't even the ability to be an observer mm-hmm. of your mind. If you can just create a pause in between a thought and a, you know, understanding of what the thought is or what you should do, you have control over your life. Right. Until then, you have no control over your life. So anyway, five is typically an age that I've worked with that I've seen they get the results and they do well. Usually it takes one time for little kids. They're so fast. Yeah, especially that young. They must be able to. It was fun. I had um, a client. Uh, his mother's worked with me for a couple of years, and she brought him in last fall, and we worked on some of his—he's ang- nine—some of his anxiety and mm-hmm. and some of his fears. And then he told her um, recently, "Okay, I'm ready to go back and work with Anita. I want to work through some of my fears now." So, I mean, how great is that, yeah, hat, right? That's nine incredible. to be able to say I'm having some fearful thinking, and I don't want to think this way anymore. Yeah. So she brought him in, and we determined that um, when he was. Three, I think three and four is a lot of beliefs get formed in Mm -hmm. that age. I mean, it's happening all the time, but that's really an age that a lot of things stick. But um, he has this fear that when his parents leave, because he's old enough to stay by himself while his parents walk in the neighborhood and stuff, Mm -hmm. that his parents are not going to want to come back for him. Mm. Now, I mean, he has nothing to base that on. Right. His parents are devoted to him. Like that would never, ever happen. Mm-hmm. And he knows that that's silly. He knows that's not real. But his mind tells him and he starts getting worried, should I go look for them? And how? what time should, are they coming back? So the anxiety really starts ramping up. So we, we found through muscle testing that his three-year-old self um, – decided that if his parents leave his site that they may not come back for him. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, you know, it could have happened you go to church and your mom puts you in childcare and she was one of the last to come get you. Right. It doesn't have to be some big the parents really abandoned you. Right, right. It can be I was the last child to be picked up at the daycare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which Something is so innocuous. Small. Yeah, right. Anybody. Yeah. That could happen to anybody. And in that moment your mind, especially if it's a fearful mind grabs hold of that and and as, associates that with a belief mm-hmm. oh at any time they could not come back for me mm-hmm. right so you if he had not addressed that at 9 can you imagine
3: i mean right. that, that, that would, would be issues forever yeah the podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's incredible. And especially because I mean, they always say fears or scary thoughts or bad thoughts are obviously your your brain for mm-hmm. whatever reason really latches onto those negative thoughts yep. far more than positive right. input. Right. Oh yeah. So, you know, you have your parents in that case, they pick you up at the same time every day and everything's great right. and then one day, you know, they're a little bit late. Right. And it's just that one negative thought that really kind of Yep. Takes control of how your brain is starting to. Yeah, you associate
1: it with "I'm threatened," Mm -hmm. and so then the fear mind steps in, and that's the oldest part of our brain Mm -hmm. that keeps us alive. Right, and um, so you know all these things that we take on as beliefs. Really did in a lot of ways help us as children. Like it helped, kept it help it kept us alive, helped us helped us be lovable, helped us do what our parents wanted us to do, helped us, you know, hide out if if there was danger from parents or abuse or whatever. Like these beliefs helped us, right? Right? They just stop helping us when we're in control of our lives. So Mm -hmm. what I had to choose that left me feeling like I could be okay and safe at four or five or six is not going to be helping me at 46 right. or 56, right?
0: Yeah, it's like those defense mechanisms that yeah. kind of get stuck
1: exactly. stuck
0: in place in your brain and you mm-hmm. kind of have to go back in and right. rewire it a little bit. And,
1: and usually we've heard that story in our mind for so long we don't even hear it anymore.
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean, I feel like in it, especially I, I would imagine a lot of people prior to a lot of this knowledge about I guess your unconscious mind Mm -hmm. coming out. A lot of people probably would think about your child because when you think about, when I think back to when I was one, two, three, four, my memories are practically non-existent. Like I hardly remember, or if I remember anything, like it would take maybe a smell or something to really kind of spark that memory for me to actually have it. Exactly. So a lot of people probably think they're not going to remember this anyways right like yeah, it's not they're not going to
1: remember it in their conscious mind, right right but, but it's it's, it's, it's be a very it's in there.
0: prevalent part of the unconscious mind so i feel like it, a lot of people probably have not realized this those issues that were underlying and now it's kind of like start to actually realize it so it's cool that parents can kind of realize that and maybe start bringing the bring kids in a little bit younger to, yep. to start working through yep. those issues because that's the other thing you were talking about people coming with anxiety and depression because that is like out of control oh it's
1: totally out of control right it's yep.
0: I feel everyone it's just mm-hmm. rising so much Yep. and it's, it's I mean it's a terrible terrible feeling like anyone which most people at this point have probably had those feelings but anxiety and depression it's such a I mean it's a very terrible feeling Mm -hmm. so and as it continues to get worse I I feel like it's just right you really need to find a way like you were saying getting to that root cause because I feel like up until this point a lot of it has been just trimming the weeds yep a lot of this take this pill yeah yeah and I
1: you know I'm a believer that you need your brain chemistry balanced. right but it's not going to stay balanced as long as you've got those fears running Mm -hmm. I don't care how much medication you take Mm -hmm. right you can kind of keep the fire maybe from from uh, growing and expanding and taking on you know more areas of your life, but you're not going to necessarily put the fire out
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah if-
1: because the fears are driving the cortisol which drives the you know it's it's which came first the chicken mm-hmm. or the egg right right, right, right. so uh, a lot of people that I work with I tell them you need to go get evaluated mm-hmm. okay it will help you if we can wind your mind down a little bit and get you a sense of calm as we're working through this so. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I will tell people that. You're you're really amped up and you've been amped up for a long time. Go get evaluated, okay? Just getting on something doesn't mean you're going to be on it forever. Mm -hmm. Or go work with a doctor that checks your brain chemistry and supplements. You know, it doesn't always have to be a pharmaceutical drug. You know, there are a lot of things that can be done non-pharmaceutically to address people's anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people still need something. It's not always just their belief system. But if you have the belief system and then you have the chemical imbalance, that's really hard. Right. It's a very
0: difficult kind of combination. It's a hard life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there must always be both are present, right, Mm -hmm. because something is going to cause usually the imbalances and issues to start up, and then they kind of probably start feeding off each other a little bit. So you have to address them both, essentially. Yeah. Um, And so with the kids, do you feel – you said you feel they kind of – um, respond really fast. Yeah, right?
1: typically they respond really fast if if they're in a good home. Right, and the right. parents are adapting. It's different if it's like somebody thinks my kid's the problem. Fix my kid, mm. and you it, therapists see that a lot, and probably psychiatrists see that a lot. Like we're fine. Fix him or oh, her, okay. right? Yeah. Um, but if the kid, if the parents are bringing them to see someone like me, they're pretty alert and aware and really want to get to the root of the problem Mm -hmm. and if there's something they need to change they're usually very willing to do that that's good but um yeah a lot of times you know a, a belief can be cleared in a single session
0: yeah do you ever work with parents and their kids together or do you think that kind of makes it a little bit more difficult
1: well so far well no I have worked with some kids that I had not worked with the parents Usually the parents have been clients of mine. They burn. had come first. That, uh-huh. Yeah, that would make sense. But, um, I, you know, I, I had a 15-year-old recently, and I hadn't worked with anybody in her family, but someone had told her, go check out Anita. I think she can help mm-hmm. your daughter with X, Y, Z.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like especially in that, I mean, middle school age range, I mean, that's just when things really kind of start to yeah. get crazy yeah. and out of hand. Yeah. So I feel like, have you seen a, a rise in that age yet? I guess it's probably still kind of yeah yeah, and then
1: I mean I don't have that much I have raised five kids so I've right. had a lot of experience with kids mm-hmm. but my young my youngest two just graduated and went off to college so oh, okay. I don't have little kids experiencing that anymore thank goodness so, um, and my kids by the time they were in middle school and definitely high school had anxiety and depression so I put them in little small private high schools and middle schools because mm-hmm. the they're introverted and just it was too much mm-hmm. for them to deal with big schools they were in eens and you know it was just not a good match for their what they needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's another thing is that everyone is obviously different so it's right. all, like certain people are going to react or need certain yep. medicines or therapies other people are going to react differently. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of has to be very customized. Right. Which And the environment. A lot of
1: times you got to change the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I I could have totally medicated my kids and worked on their belief system and they probably still would have been introverted Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed in an environment with hundreds and hundreds of kids.
0: Right. Right. Do you, do you think that especially going like when kids start, so your kids just graduated high school Mm -hmm. is going to college. Is that like a big transition period where you think people might need kind of to because I I would imagine a lot of people probably kind of start feeling a little bit stressed and anxious as they kind of break into that yeah and especially I would think um graduating college I worked and with going a lot into of the people. workforce because yeah. I think that has got to be I mean Scary even personally like, it's, it's a very difficult transition because yep. it's weird you go from I, I mean obviously there's a lot of people that are fortunate in mm-hmm. that they've been really driven yep their whole life and they know or exactly they, know, what they know yeah, yeah they're, they're five know exactly they're like I want
1: to be a doctor mm-hmm. so,
0: and so that's you get easy. to that point yeah but a lot of people you go to school and you're just like I'm just going to figure it out right and then all of a sudden you're graduating you're you walk out across the and stage, you're and you're like i'm still now trying what? yeah I'm still trying to figure it out right yeah and, and you don't have I mean, there's not a huge amount of buffer time there to to figure it out it's like no. well, okay i got to start surviving and right. making money so yeah. people kind of just jump in and i feel like that must be a really fast way that people get stuck
1: yeah i think there's those um transition periods mm-hmm. in our life. And when, if you're already struggling and then you go through a transition period that's already going to be stressful, mm-hmm. but you're coming in it already stressed and kind of depleted and low self-esteem, you may not get through that transition very well, right? Right. You may not succeed through that, you know, that tough path right, that you have right. to maneuver through. Um, and I have experienced uh, working with people that were like seniors in college Mm -hmm. and out of college and the parents are like, okay, you know, he or she is stuck and they have lots of intelligence and they had a great education and they have drive, but they're not like, they don't leave home. They are stuck in a job that pays them $35,000 a year Mm -hmm. and, they should be able to make X, Y, Z. Not that money determines everything, right? But, but they're holding; they're stuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the young adults are stuck. Yeah. And so it's like you said: if you're in high school, you're in college; you're just someone's always telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So you're going through the motions. Okay, I do what they want me to do. Okay, I can get by with Bs and Cs and maybe a D every once in a while. And okay, I can do that. But then the whole world is like your blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my gosh, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? That can make people be paralyzed. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like paralysis by... Um, Overanalysis. Yeah, paralysis yeah. of analysis. That's right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, yeah. And it's, that's
1: fear of failure. Yeah. So I'm going to play small mm-hmm. and do the minimum, but then I'm miserable doing the minimum and playing small, and I go to this job that I hate, and I'm not going anywhere, and I don't get a pay raise because I have no self-worth, and even if I ask for it, they know I don't really think I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. So they don't give it to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also starts playing back into the environment situation that you're talking Mm -hmm. about, because you put yourself in this not ideal environment where you don't feel um, you don't have a high enough kind of self worth and you kind of are stuck in that feeling. And then everything around you kind of Mirror, it's almost like a mirrors it just mm-hmm. kind of mirrors that back at you and it's kind of reassuring that kind of lower self-worth right. and, it, and it makes it particularly difficult when like especially if you know if you're in a cubicle with a hundred other people all kind of just doing the same thing mm-hmm. 40 hours a week you're clocking in clocking out and you just feel like it gets very monotonous and then you just that's when I feel like it really you just kind of go numb. I don't know if you kind of go numb to it right? it's just kind you of do. like this is it and yeah. then maybe hopefully you realize it And for a lot of people, it takes a long time to realize it. Yeah. If they do at
1: all. If they do. Or they think, I'm just depressed, Mm -hmm. should be happy with what I have. So they go get maybe medicated, Mm -hmm. which sometimes can help. But, yeah, it's easy to get in that um, paralysis, Mm -hmm. numb place. Yeah. And then you lose sight. You know, if it's been 10 years or 20 years since you felt good or you had any level of confidence, that's basically your whole life. Mm -hmm. Like you you don't remember right so how do you find your way back to something that you don't even remember that you can have Mm -hmm. it's not part of your reality it's like okay I got to figure out how to make me like and be content with this
0: yeah yeah I think maybe a lot of people do try and do that just like this is as good as it's going to get so I just have to accept it right right Um, and so do you work with a lot of holistic health people or like you is nutrition at all or lifestyle does any of that play a role in this kind of in this kind i of thing? think it
1: does yeah. i don't um do that but i refer people out yeah um i know there's a um i really believe genetics play mm-hmm. you know so if you know your genetics then you can address a lot of physical and mental emotional things um i think nutrition plays a big part i think um um, like we said, your environment, your relationships. So it's not, you know, if I'm trying, if I'm unhappy or depressed, and I'm looking at my life, I kind of have to just assess my whole mm-hmm. life and figure out where are my lowest numbers, and then I start there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thankfully, I feel like the that whole field of holistic health does mm-hmm. seem to actually be growing quite yep. a bit now. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like I'm seeing because we we have a lot of holistic health mm-hmm. doctors in mm-hmm. here that are starting to come in. And it's not all just about, you know, medicating. Now no. it's actually about finding these root causes, figuring out what's issue, what's wrong with the entire, you know, system, with yep. the mind, the body, yep. everything. And yeah, because I feel like, yeah, nutrition and exercise would surely be a, a big role in mm-hmm. this too, because that's another thing now that with, you know, the internet and screens, everyone's sitting down, looking at screens inside all day, you're not getting any sunlight, any right. fresh air. So you're kind of... I feel like it almost kind of plays into that numbness as well that we yep. were talking about. Because if yep. you're constantly in, you know, indoors with, right. you know, the, it's 70 degrees totally. all the time. You
1: and know, and uh, EMF pollution yeah. and mm-hmm. all of that.
0: Yeah, so just all these factors are playing in and it's like, it, it definitely plays a role. And then you're constantly eating like Crap. McDonald's or, right. you know, whatever, some totally. kind of really heavily processed things. Right. And it's just all kind of coming together. Yep and causing a lot of issues. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's cool that you get, you can mm-hmm. kind of refer people to different yep. coaches that you, yeah. you know, personally know and like.
1: Yeah. I, I like that because, um, I kind of feel like, and, and most of my practice was built by doctors, like holistic doctors referring to me. Mm-hmm. That's really, I've never marketed or advertised mm-hmm. myself. So that has been how I've gotten most. And I refer, you know, back to them too. right. right. Um, so, um, I forgot where I was going with that. (laughs) But anyway, I think that um, if someone comes to see me and they're just lost or paralyzed or numb, they're not going to be able to take uh, initiative to necessarily address their nutrition Mm -hmm. or know to go over here. They're not in problem solving. They're in the problem. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the work that I do with someone can help fortify them enough that they have a foundation and they have some positivity and some energy going in the right direction that they can now go do some other mm. things like that. Yeah. But if you know it's kind of like in the emergency room they revive you first. Right. <laughs> right. Before they figure out what is wrong, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's just we need to infuse enough self-esteem and foundation of possibility and positivity into that person so that then they can take some initiative. Yeah. But it's hard to take initiative if you're numb and you're sold out and you're depressed and you're super anxious and you're in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not planning ahead. Right. You're just trying to get through the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, yeah, that's actually a really good point because when you think about it, a lot of people, yeah, if, you, if you're if you in this really difficult spot and you're stuck, it, yeah, addressing nutrition or exercise is going to be a huge task right right because that's you probably don't have the energy yeah exactly especially like exercise like Mm -hmm. when you're constantly feeling just defeated and down like getting up and going and exercising is going to be a very difficult task so that's kind of a cool thing Mm -hmm. that you can like you were saying fortify them up build them up so that then they have that confidence that ability to go address these other problem parts of you know of their life yeah which is i mean that's huge yeah. So, do you kind of see that a lot as well? Do you do you end up recommending them to mm-hmm. like start addressing those other parts after you've mm-hmm. helped them kind of get up and yep. out of that? Yeah. That's. I mean, that's really really cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll walk with someone as far as they want to walk. <laughs> of course. You know, if they want to go to top excellence in their life, I will be there coaching them, uh, advocating for them, connecting them with people the whole way. If they want to just get out of pain and suffering. I will walk them with them to that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's that's a really cool thing about getting to coach like the way that you do is that yep. you get to really have an impact and you get to see obviously the impact that you have right. helping people get out of these you know, dark places, right? Right. I mean, that's yeah. got to be one of the most fulfilling it things is there is. It is very fulfilling, right? yeah.
1: I, I tell people I get to hold the torch Yeah. as yeah. they go through a dark place.
0: Yeah, and that's amazing.
1: It is, yeah. It and really do you is. start,
0: I mean, especially you've been doing this for, what, nine years, you said, mm-hmm. nine years now? And I'm sure when you first started, I mean, how was it? It must have been weird because you were on this new...
1: Yeah, I was, when people would, like, call me the next day or next time I saw them, they'd be like, you know that thing that we worked on, like... No, not really, because I never remember anything someone told me after they walk out the door until they're in front of me again. Luckily, because I hear some really horrific things, Mm -hmm. luckily it doesn't stay with me in my conscious mind. But they would say things like, I've been in therapy for 10 years working on that, and we cleared it in that one session. And I would be like, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to get in and start researching like what is this, mm-hmm. you know? The whole, you know, 0 to 7 and uh, alpha and theta brainwave states all that. That was all new to me. Even when I was a theta healer, I didn't really understand what was happening.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I hadn't I had no idea about the whole Even theta, theta thing healers as a don't really understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's super cool. Because I, I, the only thing I knew, I know that when you go to sleep, that your brain goes into the uh, a theta mm-hmm. set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that was all I really knew about that. Yeah. Do you? Um. Because I had heard about neuro neural beats or something like that. Neural you, beats. Neural beats. Mm-hmm. Do you have you ever have any experience with that, or have you heard anything? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know much. I mean, about mean,
1: luckily we live in a time where they're doing a lot of things. EMDR is mm-hmm. is, is a modality what is that, m- It's the uh, eye movement desensitization, oh. hmm. uh, emotional EM, mental. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that is something. The tapping EFT hmm. is really good for helping reprogram things. Um, NET, uh, neuro emotional technique. There's lots of things out there. Yeah. I haven't found any that work for what I do mm-hmm. better than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do teach people how to do EFT because I said you can do this on your own. Right. So if you get stuck and you can't get in immediately to see me, you can do this process and, and dial yourself, you know, the emotional upset down. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm grateful that we live in a time where this is something that's being talked about. Right. And yeah. New modalities are coming out all the time. Yeah, that's what's really that. cool.
0: There's so many things that keep yeah. coming out, and you know, some people respond super well to certain things and for certain right. issues, and so it's cool that there's so many different yeah things that are coming out that are able to help people. Yeah. Which is huge.
1: Yeah, you got to just find what works for exactly. you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think that's. And then re-
1: dig deep. Mm-hmm. Stay with that and stay dig deep. with it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you work at all with? I know you were talking about the, this whole physical aspect, like with massage therapists, for example, because I know a lot of massage therapists, um, kind of like you're talking about, you have almost this auditory connection that mm-hmm. you're able to identify some of these issues. And I feel like a lot of massage therapists kind of have the the sense of feeling right yes, throughout the body with yep. some kind of like energy body flow workers, going through. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I work with them and myself for mm-hmm. my body. And I'm always like, how do you get that? Like, yeah, it's a gift.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, because you can definitely tell like if you go to one massage therapist, maybe they're not quite as gifted, but then you go to a different one, and it's 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 they know the same techniques, right? They've yep, both been massaging right. people, but there there's still a Very huge different. difference mm-hmm. in yep. them really being able to find those spots and yep. kind of relieve whatever that.
1: Yeah, one I was. think is intuitively connected to your body, mm-hmm. and the other is just doing. You know, um, just massaging, and mm-hmm. they can tell, oh, you're tense here, but there's even deeper levels right. of physical touch. Then, and there's messages. Mm-hmm. I don't read those messages. That's not a gift that I have, but a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Um, have you heard at all about people using the uh, like those float tanks?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I bet that would probably take your mind into a theta brain Yeah,
0: that's. I think that's what people Mm -hmm. are. uh, Mm -hmm. What some of the studies of were backing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it it, probably
1: takes you back to when you're in the womb.
0: That's what they think. I Mm -hmm. think that's what they kind of think. It kind of simulates, is Mm -hmm. because it's literally there's no sensory it's completely sensory deprived so you know you don't see anything you don't hear anything yep you're just floating yep and yeah i think a lot of people say it's probably yeah go you go into that theta Mm -hmm. state so a lot of people Mm -hmm. use that as well i've heard it is super effective for ptsd Mm -hmm. and anxiety so yeah i feel like
1: i think it gives you a reset point Mm -hmm. because you're you've been you've wound yourself up to a point that that feels normal Mm -hmm. and familiar but when you can go into a float tank or you can come have a session with me or whatever, you work with somebody and do something that gets you back to kind of your zero set point, mm-hmm. then it's like your brain's like, oh, that's what feeling good feels like. Oh, right. and then you can find your way back. But if you have no concept of that whatsoever, it's very hard Yeah, yeah. to come off of this ramped up, high intense, overthinking, looping thoughts, stress
0: Yeah, yeah. If you don't know where you're trying to get, it's very hard to get there.
1: Or even that that's not normal.
0: Right, right. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't even realize that they're not supposed to. Oh, that's just me
1: being really motivated and driven.
0: Right, yeah. I feel like that is such a (laughs) common thing is that everyone just thinks they're so motivated, so driven. Let me
1: have a little more coffee so I can get a little more ramped up. Do you 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 see
0: a lot of people with, like, those caffeine addictions almost? Because I feel like constantly feeding those kind of stimulants into your system, don't get me wrong, I love coffee.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I drink it, you know, I drink it in the morning and Mm -hmm. I, I do like it, but I could see... That being another issue, if you're already if your brain is constantly in that fight or flight, and right. you already have these issues, then feeding more stimulants, more yep. caffeine, that are messing with your hormones, must right. would it seems like it would kind of hold oh, yeah. back any kind of. I
1: would imagine. Yeah, you know, totally.
0: So that I don't know that would be and the sugar. Yeah.
1: The sugar and the caffeine. That's usually what you know our favorite coffee drinks are. I know sugar and <laughs> caffeine.
0: Luckily, I've I've gotten away from sugar. I just didn't, no sugar anymore. Oh, really? in my coffee, yeah. I, I've tried. The sugar now scares me so much that I've, I've tried to really stay away from it. Yeah, But it's good. So I have it here and there. But yeah. I've at least tried to separate it from That's my good. coffee. You yeah. Know?
1: If I have to choose, which one am I going to yeah, stick with exactly. and which one can I give up?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so with this whole, um, I guess, journey that people go through, how would you recommend people kind of start, I mean, I guess is I guess the first thing would be looking for healers such as yourself near them, right? But uh, do you think there's any advice for people that maybe haven't been able to realize this issue of being stuck in themselves yet? How they can maybe kind of analyze? Yeah, I mean, their... the
1: first thing that I would do is is start listening to your thoughts like it's a part of you, but not you. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with someone and I say, "Listen, whenever you start hearing your, you get triggered." And as soon as you realize, oh, I've been triggered, start taking notes like on your phone or in a diary or whatever. My mind is telling me this. I'm feeling this. Because that creates, like I said earlier, the ability to be the observer of your mind. And it keeps your mind at a place where it's a part of me, but it's not me. Mm -hmm. So it creates enough separation that you can be the observer of your thoughts. When you do that, just awareness oftentimes is 80%. Of addressing the issue okay so like for years I used to tell my kids your mind is tricking you that's not real that's not true mm-hmm. okay so if you can do that then at least it gives your your the adult part of you the conscious part of you the ability to go I'm hearing this and I'm triggered and I'm feeling this but I know that there's a part of me that got triggered. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It helps you stay in the driver's seat of your own life and at the wheel of your own life versus jumping in the back seat and your, your um, triggered five-year-old self is now driving your right, life. Right, Okay? That's the first thing. Second thing is you can always pull up on uh, YouTube videos for EFT. And you can start tapping. The tapping has to do with the different meridians in the body. Mm-hmm. And they have found that, like, PTSD with war veterans and things, that if they tap as they're thinking of the negative thing or the fear, that it releases, it, it makes them calmer. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's something that you can do. Um, uh, what are some other things you can do? EFT. Oh, I— I tell people you're not you're not laughing enough. You know, they tell us that children laugh, you know, 100 times a day or something, mm-hmm. like a lot. And adults like four. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to laugh more. Yeah. And we need to look at our environment. Am I in such a negative environment that that I'm expecting myself to be happy and positive and upbeat and successful, but I'm living with someone that puts me down all the time and criticizes me or I, you know, have uh, a career that is so horribly disempowering that, you know, I can barely get myself out of bed on Monday morning to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, look at your environment and what can I change? And if you can't change the husband or the wife, you can't change the career, you could at least infuse yourself with some, something that's empowering and motivating. Start watching motivating videos of inspirational things, people overcoming things, people being very kind and generous to each other. Start seeing things like that and feeling and following good stories mm-hmm. so that you can fortify yourself, so yeah. you can get yourself up enough that you can take some initiative and, and make some positive decisions. But you're not going to when you're triggered. So you first got to pay attention to what's triggered and what is the voice that's triggered telling me. Mm-hmm. What can I do to possibly release that? If I don't know, you know, get on, learn about EFT, emotional freedom technique. Um, There's hundreds of videos, thousands probably of videos out there. You don't even have to like learn how to do it. You just follow the video and do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then look at your environment and assess where is, you know, what's driving these problems in my life? What's feeding it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, kind of like you were talking about with that negative um, environment and especially now with social media like we were talking about there's constant and the news I mean it's pretty unusual to have good news come across your your feed right Right. it's it's very negative always the news with the just political everything everything's just crazy yeah and so when you put that on top of everything else in your life that isn't maybe making you happy it's just is really adding that insult to injury so i feel like that's pretty yeah i
1: unfollow people all the time Mm -hmm. on facebook yeah because yeah because it's it's like i i get offended when i'm scrolling down and i see something that's like the political stuff Mm -hmm. or the religious stuff or the you know pro-life or not pro you know i don't to me Facebook is supposed to be enjoyable. Right. Right. Yes. Social media is supposed to be enjoyable. And it's supposed to make me feel good or make me think about something in a different way. But if it's just bashing one group or you don't like people that don't agree with you or whatever, nope. Yeah. Unfollow.
0: Yeah, you don't need any more of that in your Mm-mm. life. It's no. it's not going to do you any good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, and then so... The the EFT you're talking about? Mm -hmm. You said you can just look that up on YouTube probably. uh, Yeah.
1: So if I were really triggered about um well, give me something.
0: Something that would trigger 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 you. Okay. So traffic. Let's say really bad traffic.
1: Okay. So you could do EFT for traffic. Right. And those probably And there'll be somebody out there that videotape themselves doing it and you just follow along and you do the tapping. Uh, saying, you know, I feel powerless over this traffic. Mm-hmm. I hate traffic. Traffic is ruining my life. You know, whatever. Right. And you do the tapping, and you see how you feel when you finish the, the process of the different points mm-hmm. of tapping. And if you still feel it, you go Try back and again, do it maybe. again. Maybe say it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. like, I hate Austin because <laughs> of the traffic. <laughs> That's whatever. starting to become a more common thing yeah. people say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, See, that's another thing I think that's really cool about kind of some of the advice that you're giving right now for people. A lot of it is kind of just trying to, it seems like, at least slow slow down the insanity of right. the world. Right. And it's kind of like being mindful of your thoughts. Yes. Being mindful of your actions or your environment. Mm-hmm. Everything actually, because it's easy to kind of like we're talking about, get caught up where you're just going through things and yep. you stop thinking consciously. Right. right. And so if you can kind of pull yourself back and even just notice a thought and, mm-hmm. you know, write it down. Right. Un- try and understand it a little bit better. Notice- and don't
1: don't judge it. Right. And don't deny it. Mm-hmm. Don't bury it. People say, oh, well, as soon as I think that, I, I just I push it push aside. I push it away. You're not pushing it away. Yeah, you're pushing it's it deeper. Bubbling, up, yeah, <laughs> you're, it's bubbling up because it's like, hello, can we fix this? Mm-hmm. So when it bubbles up, address it yeah. right then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's another big thing is people just trying to push things down. Yeah. Yeah, if something's coming up, there's a reason. Right. And so yeah, being mindful, understanding mm-hmm. these thoughts.
1: And that doesn't none of that cost anything. No,
0: yeah, it's free. It is totally free. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's a really cool thing for people um, and I I tried to do it for a while where I just had a journal mm-hmm. and you know, just when thoughts come up, just write write right. write it down. Yeah. And then maybe if you don't if you feel you don't necessarily have time right then and there, to address that, mm-hmm. you can go back to that later that night or something. You know, yep. you go back through your journal from the day yep. and you say, oh, I thought about this earlier day. Maybe you kind of dive into that a little bit um, and go through your list of, you know, your daily thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That way you're starting to understand and work through some of these issues yep. that you're that normally you're just like, I'm too busy for
1: that. Exactly. Push it away. Yeah. Then by the they time they call it emotional hygiene. Oh,
0: is that what it is? I think so, yeah. Kind of like going through cleaning. Going
1: through cleaning, yeah. at least being aware of, mm-hmm. paying attention to feeling compassion for yourself
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think all that's really really important and hopefully people i mean hopefully people listening to this now are able to take a lot of this advice that you're giving because i mean for me i know i'm going to yeah <laughs> yep. uh, honestly i'm going to probably go buy maybe a journal today mm-hmm. and really just start because even kind of like we're saying if i don't feel there's a huge fire in my life right now there's always there's always debris. there's one brewing. Yeah, there there always is something <laughs> right. that you can kind of tend to and prevent any kind of really, really exactly. bad fire. Right. So I think it's good to be aware of that mm-hmm. and start looking through and just try and keep everything going well.
1: Right. You know. And the other thing I would say is when your children come to you with their fears, don't talk them out of it mm-hmm. because that's a perfect time for you to. Will tell me more. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so interesting that your mind would be afraid of that. You know, like you're showing them that's not you. That's your mind that's afraid of that. And mm. what do you think it would, would be helpful? What do you think your mind would feel more confident knowing? Or what do you think I could do to help? But don't stuff it.
0: Mm. Yeah, because a lot of people are probably just like, oh, you shouldn't be scared of that. Yeah, just don't worry. Don't I'm taking care of that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah,
1: if we have an alarm system. You don't have to worry about someone breaking mm-hmm. in. Right. right,
0: right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really important too. Then yeah, helping your kids, kind of get into these be the mindful. Yeah, exactly. Get into those habits because uh-huh. if you can start doing this at a younger age, I mean, you're going to be so well set up. Yeah. for the rest of your you're life, you're going to slay life. Yeah, if you can it, do that, you can slay it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Once you, without getting on all these bad habits, once you're older, that's when it's tough. Yeah,
1: that's the longer you've been doing it, the harder it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: unless you do theta healing, there you go. And yeah. Then
0: it's, Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And then on top of all these things, if you're still really having these issues, it sounds like that would be a great modality to look into as a as a potential way of healing. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason not to try it. Exactly. You know, and if you people
1: short suffering, that's what we're about. Yeah. Short suffering.
0: Yeah, for sure. The shorter, the better. (laughs) The
1: shorter, the better.
0: So, I mean, that's what we're all hoping for. All right. Well, Anita, thank you so much for coming you're in today. Um, that's right. This was a super informative conversation for me, yeah. and I'm sure for everybody that's going to listen. Um, so, uh, do you have any social media or anything that you're active on, or do you not really use it too much?
1: I'm really bad <laughs> about that. I I do have a Facebook page, okay. and I post something about once a month. Okay. So, not super great about that. Um, I'm going to get back into LinkedIn, so that okay. that's something that I'm about to get back into. Um and that's really it. I'm yeah. I having my website redesigned right now. Oh cool. And um I have a meetup group. Oh, okay. A women's meetup group and I have a women's group. So yeah, but social I'm I'm kinda high touch. That's I like, this. I like that
0: too. I, I'm I'm that's how I am. Yeah. I think it's nicer to find people and interact in person Um, so that's another thing if you know if you're wherever you live I'm sure there's ways that you can look up and find maybe some kind of group type not not therapies but just groups where you can even get together and
1: absolutely talk
0: kind of like your women's group that you're talking about so hopefully people you know find those too right
1: yeah because I you know I what I say is shame well um, Brene Brown says a lot about shame needs you know darkness and isolation Mm -hmm. so at the least don't fall for that Mm -hmm. don't stay in darkness and isolation right because all that does is it's like think about mold it's going to grow it's going to grow and expand and take over more and more so get out and share and let people experience you and tell them your story and tell them what you're struggling with as you feel comfortable but don't stay isolated and in the dark yeah
0: for sure All right, well, again, thank you, Anita. It was great to meet you.
1: Thank you, Ryan.
3: The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.